what do I love? Well, I love Star Wars, and I know a lot of people who love Star Wars, and I'm kind of sick of debating Star Wars, so why don't I find out what does Star Wars mean to you? Hi, I'm Dave Humphreys, and I'm entering a world gone good for a third damn time. A not-so-long time ago in a galaxy you are presently living in, a lightsaber was shined into the darkness, and good was found. Welcome to World Gone Good, A New Hope. Okay, this opening is going to make a lot more sense once we get into the full show with our special guest. But before we do that, here is a question. Have you shared our show with the friends in your galaxy? Get on your socials and blast us out. Spread the good. While you're at it, we'd love for you to subscribe to us, rate us, we like five Death Stars, and review us where you are listening to us right now. Every time you do, you force... My Star Wars references are not going to end anytime soon, people. Other Rebels, see what I did there? To locate the good, and for that we say, live long and prosper. Wait? Wrong franchise. We say, thank you. That's what we say here in this franchise we call World Gone Good. Today we are going full on Jedi as we talk with an expert-ish, and I I do not use the ish lightly, uh, about the good of Star Wars, fandom, and loving on something instead of hating on it. But before we do any of that, first, first, I would like to share two Star Wars pieces of information you may or may not know that I personally find good and fascinating. First, do you know that Star Wars was the first movie ever given the title of Blockbuster? More importantly, do you know why it was called that when previously they would use words like Big Hit or Runaway Sensation? Because, my young Padawans, Star Wars was the first movie where people waiting online to get tickets crossed over a full street. Thus breaking the block. Get it? They broke the block. They were blockbusters. That's kind of cool, right? It's true. Look it up. Look it up. And secondly, George Lucas sunk every penny he had into the original film. This is true too. He then went around to all the studios looking for someone to buy the rights from him. No one wanted them. So he kept them all for himself. Maybe it's me because, you know, I'm a writer myself, but that always gives me chills. And as long as we're on that note, anyone who wants to buy this here podcast, the rights to this, it is 100% for sale. DM me. I have no shame. My good guest today is a Skywalker in his own right, Dave Humphreys is the host of his very own podcast that asks this good question, what does Star Wars mean to you? Dave Humphreys is back. Yeah. Question is, is Dave Humphreys good? How is he? That, that's a good question. Um... Am I good? I think that's what I'm trying to discover in life. Really? Or maybe just come to terms with with understanding who I am and liking that enough. I think that's a journey many people are on. Yeah. I think it's a journey some aren't on either. Who need you know? to be? Yeah, who need to be? <laughs> Let's begin naming them. 
Tucker Carlson. Well, at the moment, I feel our friend Tucker's on quite a journey, isn't he? (laughs) Yes, yes. I think it's interesting that everyone's talking about, oh, it's so good that he's gone. Oh, I can't believe he's gone. Remember, Bill O'Reilly was there, and someone replaced him. And you know who that was? Tucker Carlson. 100%. Be more concerned about who's going to replace him than where he's going. This is true in life of anything. And everything. It's just, yeah, it's a cyclical, sick, S-I-C-K, clickal <laughs> way we live our lives. It is cyclical and sick. Now, you made a big, good change. You moved out of L.A. Yes, I did. I moved to Seattle, Washington. How is that going? It's going well. It's going well. I'm up here enjoying the pines and the evergreens and finally spring. Oh, my God. Thank God for spring. Uh, uh, have but, the, has the FBI found you yet? Because I know you were, I assumed you were on the run out of L.A. Oh, well, I had to go to door to door and let everyone know I was here. Okay, good, good. Great, great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, the reason why you said that about Seattle is Seattle is known to be rather, uh, let's say, gray and uh, oppressive. Well, yeah. I, see, I don't think it's oppressive. I love the gray. I really enjoy um the rainy days it was it was the cold that was getting to me it's cold um you know it's like the the 80th morning of of 35 degrees it just starts uh you just start it just start wearing on you sure but now you have some good outlets yourself, much like I do. You do a podcast. We've had you and the team on, Stephanie and John, and the Skate Eight others that have replaced me because it, much like Tucker Carlson, it took more than one to replace me. Um, and <laughs> it's a lovely show, actually, under a banner called Cinema Craptaculous. Tell everybody about Cinema Craptaculous. Cinema Craptaculous is kind of a network of a couple shows. We have three ongoing shows. One is Cinema Craptaculous. We call that the mothership. It is a B, uh, not a B-movie review. It started out as B-movies, but it has turned into more of a uh, uh, pop culture, current r- movies review. Uh, the second is Expanded Universe that has uh, John is the host. He's, he's like the lead, uh, and he has two co-hosts. And though that is much more a pop culture examination of current events, things like streaming wars, um, cosplay, they may even cover Tucker Carlson leaving Fox News. How long before Tucker's people call and sue me? Keep going. (laughs) You know what? Just give it 15 minutes. And then we have people also watched, which is... um, you know, looking at popular big budget new films and uh, also suggesting and reviewing an older, not so known film that people could also watch. Oh, it's called People Also Watch, like dot, dot, dot. Yes, exactly. Now, you have spun off on your own, and this is part of the reason, the big reason why I have you here today. You have your own new podcast. I do. Do. Yes, you do. Called "What Does Star Wars Mean to You?" Question mark. Yes. Yeah, so, so you have to go up on the you. What does Star Wars mean to you? You. There you go. How would Yoda ask that question? Uh, he, he would go. 
Uh, Star Wars mean to you? Mm. What does it mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's, that was really good. That was oh, really, really good. And for a guy who's getting over a cold, you kind of fucking just nailed that. That was awesome. Yoda is the perfect uh, cold impersonation. That's true, because he's kind of Fozzie Bear yes. with just a touch of Miss Piggy. And a little Grover. And a little Grover. Yeah. I it's one of my questions I ask. Um, sorry for jumping ahead, but I I ask five questions of all my guests at the beginning of the interview just to get kind of their base uh, a baseline of their Star Wars fandom. And one of the questions I ask is, uh, do you do any impersonations or impressions? And to a T, nearly everybody at first goes, well, no, no. Well, I do do one. And that's always my favorite moment because you never know. It could be a Tauntaun or it could be uh, uh, a Yoda or Emperor Palpatine. And they always find one that they do. And it's just, it always amuses me. It's my favorite part. Okay. So ask me the five questions. Go. Let's find out my Star Wars, my Star Wars acumen. Go. (laughs) Okay. Usually they're right in front of me. I I don't have the list in front of me, but I'll see what I can do. Okay. The first one, what is your favorite go-to Star Wars movie? For me, I honestly think it's The Empire Strikes Back. That's, I think in our age range, that is going to be the answer almost every time. If you're male... And over 45, likely you're going to say Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, because I didn't, I'm not going to lie, I didn't love the first movie. I know that's going to piss a lot of people off. I didn't love the first movie, but I loved The Empire Strikes Back. And I loved Return of the Jedi. And fuck everybody who didn't like all the little Ewoks. Go on, continue. (laughs) They were cute. I liked them. Hold on to that idea that you didn't love the first movie. We'll talk about that uh, after I get through the five. So uh, the second one is actually I roll a 1d6 uh, because it's what's your favorite or who is your favorite. And I have six different possibilities. I'll just go with the first one. Uh, Who's your favorite major character? Oh, without question for me, it's Han Solo. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's uh, he's a great, great major character. He's my favorite, too. Yeah. He's just a great. That's just a great character. Continue. I think I'm nailing this. I think I'm nailing It's fucking Harrison Ford. I'm nailing this. So what what show are we doing here? You, I don't know. I just want to get people familiar with shit. Keep going. I'm, I'm into this. Hello and welcome to What Did Star Wars Mean to Steve Silverman? We're at question three now. Um, so question three is, what is your favorite line to quote? Oh my God. My favorite line to quote from Star Wars. Do I even have one? Uh, is it when Princess Leia says, can someone get this walking carpet out of my way or? Yeah. Yeah. That's from uh, Star Wars, A New Hope. Or is it, is it from one of the newer movies when they're like, I'm a character and I matter. I'm poorly written. <laughs> I'm, I'm watered down, but I matter. I don't know. I, that's it. Keep going. Keep I, going. I remember when Poe said that line and uh, <laughs> it struck me as like, this is going to be my favorite line from this, uh, from the sequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four is, uh, do you do any impressions or impersonations? I do. Ready? Yes. <clears throat> Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That's all I got, people. That's all I got. 
That's a good one. I uh, the pew pew is one of the best sounds from Star Wars. And then uh, the final one is besides the movie or the movies. What is your favorite Star Wars content out there? This could be a book, toys, video game, cartoon, TV show, calendar. Oh, he said calendar. It sounds like dirty. Uh, I know. I, calendar. I don't know that I have one. I do love those little Funko Pops. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Pop, Funko Pop. Pop. God, how did I pull this shit out? So this is the thing, my friend. Here's the thing. I was a giant Close Encounters of the Third Kind kid. And I was a kid. I was a <laughs> yeah. giant E.T. Oh, my God. I was a humongous, still am, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yes. Huge. Explains why you love Han Solo. Yes. Right? But I I enjoyed Star Wars. And one of the reasons I enjoyed Star Wars, I didn't love it. I enjoyed it for the good of it. And that's why I wanted to talk to you is this is the question I want to ask you. Getting back to my show after you hijacked it. (laughs) What's good about Star Wars? Here's the great thing about Star Wars. Star Wars provided a world that felt real and that you could actually go there and inhabit. And that was vastly different from the real world in which we live. Star Wars is more than a genre. Like At the base level, I would call Star Wars a sci-fi fantasy. But when you get into the world of Star Wars, it is so much more. Because within that world, you can have drama, you can have comedy, you can have horror, you can have... uh, uh, I talked to, I think, Javier Grigio Markswatch about it having a musical number, or having a, a musical episode. So within that world... You can have almost anything you can imagine. And I think that's, it provides a space for people to go to. And I think that's what's good about it. Don't you also feel to some degree it's about being outcasts and that being a good thing? That you don't have to be the perfect person with the perfect family. You can be an outcast and a hero. Yes, and I a lot of the people I talk to uh, talk about that too. In that, you know, before definitely before the prequels uh, in the early two thousands, and um, it was not cool to love Star Wars, and and there wasn't a lot of Star Wars out there. I mean, today it's ubiquitous. You can't walk out of the walk into a target without seeing a star Wars item. But there was a time when there was nothing. And um, one guest I had, JC Reifenberg was talking about how in the mid nineties, he was creating patches for his uh, backpack and coats and stuff of star Wars uh, logos with his printer. So that's, that's the kind of extreme you have to go to. And when you're an outcast doing those kind of things, it becomes a little bit of a badge of honor. And what you find is you start finding your own people because you'll see someone with like, you know, a star Wars pin on, or maybe just a star Wars t-shirt. And you're like, 
oh, that's someone who I think I can relate to because, you know, they're they're basically flying the same flag colors as I am. And you made it cool. They made it cool. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's come around to it is now I think it's cool to be a Star Wars fan. It's very hard to to know anymore because I feel like Star Wars has become so divisive and everyone has drawn such hard lines on their beliefs that it's almost impossible to discuss Star Wars without kind of getting into a hate debate. I mean, in the memory of the people who lost their lives on Alderaan, I, I feel know. we should all... Was that, that that was the planet he blows up at the beginning, right? Yes, yes, that was the planet in uh, the first one that gets uh, Princess Leia's homeworld. I had a I had a t shirt with a it it I used to wear and it had like the weather forecast on Alderaan. <laughs> yes. Did you ever see it? It was like it's like Monday. It was like seventy two. Tuesday it was yeah. like it was like sixty five <laughs> with rain, and then it just Wednesday it said like plus. 145,000 degrees and then Thursday <laughs> Friday there was no forecast. <laughs> yes. Which is hilarious and yet not so much because of the world we're living at the moment. But getting back to the outcast thing you were talking about, I think it's also interesting because if you look at the characters in the movie, every one of them is on the fray. No one is they are. no one is, you know, they're all you rebels know, rebels right even even yeah. those who didn't sign up to be a rebel became a rebel yeah yeah like uh r2d2 and C- c3po they didn't sign up to they were just made ah oh, c3po and, and, that bitch jesus christ <laughs> oh goodness gracious me oh goodness gracious me <laughs> but that speaks to us as a culture because it reminds us, I think, to take chances and to go against the grain and to not just give in to things and say, oh, well, that's what we're all doing. I think that was the message that I learned from it as a kid. Well, it's absolutely the message. One aspect of Star Wars is always about oppression. You know, no matter what the story is, there is someone oppressing someone else. And there's a great line in episode one, The Phantom Menace, when they're flying through the core of uh, Naboo and they come across this giant, like, gator thing. Uh, and and they're, like, swerving the ship to avoid it. And a bigger gator thing comes and eats the giant gator thing. And Qui-Gon Jinn goes, there's always a bigger fish. And that's what Star Wars that's kind of a, a recurring theme in Star Wars. There's there's always oppression. You know, uh in uh the the Mandalorian series, there was these um uh the these little kind of monkey animals that Jabba the Hutt had one on his throne. I forget Salacious Crumb was the name of this one. They had a bunch of salacious crumbs in a cage getting ready to be street meat. And uh, you know, Baby Yoda or or Grogu now eats a bunch of eggs that were like the eggs of a of of another alien creature that was trying to take their family somewhere. So the eggs were like part of this family. And then there's the Empire. So there's always an idea of oppression. And in response to oppression is the urge and will to fight back. I think that's why outcasts, geeks, nerds, whatever you want to call it kind of uh, gravitate to Star Wars because it echoes their own feelings about living in society. 
Now, you mentioned having guests. You had some really impressive guests. You just mentioned Javier, who uh, I know him because I used to do promos for Charmed, and he was a writer on oh, Charmed. Wow. Yeah, back in the day. But he's like yeah. a, he's a major screenwriter, TV writer. Um, you've had big. You've had. Am I right to know that? Say this: that you had the creator of Sharknado on. The uh, the screenwriter for Sharknado. I just recorded his interview yesterday. Amazing. And uh, yeah, and so many people love talking about Star Wars, and and I really enjoy talking to them. There's like Thunder Levin who uh, wrote Sharknado one, two, three, and four. Uh, Javier, um, J.C. Reifenberg who created Scum and Villainy in Hollywood. Uh, let's say uh, Ben Acker, who is a, a tremendous uh, comedy writer, author, and runs his own podcast. Uh, and I'm totally blanking on the name right now. I should have been a little bit prepared, you know. Dave, why start now? Thrilling Adventure Hour. Thrilling I've, Adventure I've worked, Hour. Dave, I've worked with you for years. One of your gifts is never being prepared. <laughs> that, that is true. It's true. It's a some call it a gift. Some call it a personality trait. A curse. Whatever. And uh, so these amazing people who who all got inspired by Star Wars. And it, it's uh, to me, it's fascinating to talk to them because it, you know, you think after about. Uh, 20 hours of interviews about Star Wars, I'd be, okay, I, I think I've heard everything. But I feel like your fandom, regardless if you're a fan of Harry Potter, anime, Star Wars, whatever it is, your fandom becomes a reflection of yourself. And how you view what you're a fan of, uh, I don't want to say says a lot about you, but but like I said, reflects who you are. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I could have done this about Billy Joel. Right. Right. I just don't know as many Billy Joel fans who are willing to sit and talk two hours about Billy Joel. Billy Joel also has the restraining order against you. So that might've well, prevented you from doing Yes. That. Sure. Yes. This is interesting what you're bringing up because I had a guy named Mike Pingle on here. Mike Pingle, um, is you can go back and find this episode, everybody. It's in the episode guide. It's, it's a while back, and I think it's two years ago already. But Mike Pingle is the – he may even be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I know he was at one point for being having and owning the most Charlie's Angels memorabilia oh, of wow. anyone on the planet. Now, we laugh about it, right? But there's no difference between that and loving Star Wars and being a fan of something. Now, he went on – being such a fan of it that Farrah Fawcett, who when she was still alive at the time, her people contacted, he talked about this on the show, they contacted him because she wanted to come see the memorabilia. Yeah. So Farrah Fawcett came over to his apartment in West Hollywood, California, and I'm sure he had to like vacuum, you know, clean the toilet, switch the toilet, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yeah. And Farrah Fawcett came in to see the memorabilia and stood there telling him stories going, I didn't even know about these things. Like she was pulling things off the show, shelf looking at them going, Oh my God. So I bring this up because it's a question I asked about him and you kind of just touched on it. What's good about being a fan. That's such a good thing to me. Yeah. Well, being a fan is, 
a little bit. I know I just said it's a it reflects on yourself, but it also allows you to be outside of yourself. Right. You know, it's like I'm putting my faith into this external thing, into this external community of other fans. And I'm it's truly the act of building something up that is outside of yourself. That's a really nice way of putting it. And I also think it is being comfortable enough with loving something enough to say, hey, this this matters to me. And yes. And I can't, you know, there's so many people who, you know, it could be anything that you're you know, it's a it's a careful word to use, fan, fanatical, right? It's, yes, it's a scary exactly. word. But it matters to you. And I've often said, it's like, I've had friends, I'm sure you have too, who have come and said, I'm thinking about starting this podcast about blah, 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 blah. But I don't know if anyone will even care. I don't know if anyone would even listen. <laughs> and I say all the time, Do you, does it matter to you? Do you like it? Is it good for you? I guarantee you there's a billion other people, millions of people, 10 other people out there who agree with you. And so was that the impetus for you to start this podcast? Like what what was the spark when you're like, oh, I need to do this now? I was debating with some friends about Star Wars and it turned into just hating on the prequels and hating on the sequels and i was like well why are we doing this that i mean why are we even talking if we're just going to hate on something why are we doing it because it's uninteresting like i i hate on things all the time and and you know me steve i'd like 90 percent of my life is hating something true true i've I've learned this about you (laughs) but but when i Think about Star Wars. I don't want to hate on it. I want to find things I love about it. Um, and I think that's true of anything, I, particularly I'm a fan of, whether it's Billy Joel or the Muppets or the Steelers, whatever it is, I, I like to try and find the positive within it. The next thing was, I was uh, when Obi-Wan came out, the series, uh, I was texting with a friend, and I, and we were... We were kind of criticizing it, and I think there's a difference between hating on something and criticizing something and and talking um, what you feel are the flaws and what are the good things. I said something like, oh, well, I had this, this, and this, and it's Star Wars, so I forgive it. And and my friend goes, why do we always have to forgive Star Wars? And I still don't have an answer to that question. I don't know. I Like, do we have to always forgive it? Do you always have to forgive what you love for being what it is? Right, because is it a holy grail? Is it something sacred? Yeah. And also, are you looking back at yourself and reflecting back on yourself and going, well, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was? Yes. Yeah. Or, or and, and it, I guess it goes to the ultimate question is, is this worthy of my time? A hundred percent. In short, yes, Star Wars is worth my time. Even if I didn't like anything that came after 1983, I would still be watching those three movies and still have those uh, toys and still collecting whatever original toys um, there are. I listened to this podcast called Billy Joel A to Z. Basically, that show is them going through the Billy Joel catalog, song by song, in alphabetical order, just talking about the song. And I listened to that, 
and I got so excited every week to hear about whatever song was next and hear their take on it. And I realized this, this shouldn't, my feeling was a little bit that this should not interest me so much, but listening to two fans talk about something they love and me loving the same thing was so enjoyable to me. And that brought me to back to Star Wars because like, um, what do I love? Well, I love Star Wars and I know a lot of people who love Star Wars and I'm kind of sick of debating Star Wars. So why don't I find out what does Star Wars mean to you? And just examine that question and find out more about the person as seen through the lens of their Star Wars fandom. Where do people find what does Star Wars mean to you? How do they listen? Explain how a podcast works. <laughs> well, first, you need a thing called a Zoom. Do you know what a Zoom is, Steve? Is it like a flagical loop? No, you can find uh, what does Star Wars mean to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, it's on uh, Apple. It's on Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Um, basically almost anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find what does Star Wars mean to you? You can, uh, join the conversation on the socials at Star Wars mean to you. That's Star Wars mean the number two and the letter U. And if you're a huge fan, I'd love to hear from you. The final two questions you've answered before. So I'm going to change them up a little bit. Uh Oh, normally I ask who inspires you, but this time I'm going to ask you this. Which Star Wars character inspires you? It's so hard because I don't know if I should go pat and be like Luke Skywalker because he was just a boy who found adventure and uh, looked to the skies to wonder who he was and went out there and found it. Or Yoda, who's just curmudgeonly and wise. You know what? I'm going to say Luke Skywalker because he was my original, you know, uh, Stan. And I think it's just because he was the everyman. He was, he was who I was as a kid looking up and wondering what if. And the final question, which we always ask is tell me something good. It's not even a question. It's a statement to finish, but this time (laughs) I'm going to say this. Tell me something Star Wars good. Something Star Wars good is the Star Wars fans. The really great fans open their arms to new things that Star Wars has to offer, whether it's uh, representation, whether it's new ideas on the Force, whether it's new characters. But it's not just that, but they open themselves up to the fandom community in and of itself, for the most part. There's a lot of discussion about toxic fandom and the the fandom menace. But what I also find is a lot of great people, for example, the 501st, which is um, from the movies, it's, it's Darth Vader's elite stormtroopers his personal lesion or 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 set of troopers 
but in in life they're a community that provide charity to uh all kinds of needs even even to star wars itself because they were cast as stormtroopers for shows because they needed more troopers so something good about star wars is the fandom Thank you, Dave, for sharing your good. It's always great to have you here. Download and listen to What Does Star Wars Mean to You wherever you pod best, like where you are listening to us right now. Next time on World Gone Good. The wheelchair was simply just, it got me from point A to point B because there is pretty much nothing I cannot do living my life now, and that includes walking because we found a way. So there's really nothing I cannot accomplish. I just have to find maybe the ramp to get there instead of taking the stairs like my peers. But I get there in the end. Lolita Molina is an author, an actress, and an advocate who has lived her life as a paraplegic. When you hear how this all happened, your jaw is going to drop. But what's even more jaw-dropping is how absolutely positive she is. How true to herself she lives her life and how much good she finds every single day and celebrates it. This is going to be a blast of uplifting inspiration like we've never shared before. I can't wait for you to meet her on our next all new episode. Until then, be good.